And yes, this is GospelBellsRadio.com, your community Christian internet talk radio with a mission to engage the contemporary culture with the mind of Christ. It's Wednesday, the 7th of December, 2022, and it's day six of the Gospel Bells Radio's Luke December Challenge 2022. Day six, and we are reading Luke chapter 6. After this reading, uh, we're going to reflect together on the treasures we have identified, the treasures we have found in Luke chapter 6. Join us to read tonight, our dear sister, Ronke A. Kings. Over to you now, this is. Good evening, everyone. My name is Ronke A. Kings. I'll be reading Luke chapter 6 from the New King James Version. Now it happened on the second Sabbath after the fourth that he went through the grain fields and his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus answered them and said, Have you not even read this, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and held the showbread, and also gave some to those with him, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he said to them, The Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Now it happened on another Sabbath, also that he entered the synagogue and taught, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he, he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to him, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so and his hand was restored, as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage, and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphos, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples, and great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their disease, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out of it from him and healed them all. Then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are you, poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you who men hate, who men hate you, and when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast 
out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers so to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also, and from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tonic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who, from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For when sinners lend to sinners, to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over with all will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can you blind, can you blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his father. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eyes, but do not perceive the plank in your own eyes? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck in, that is in your eyes, that when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck, the speck that is in your brother's eyes. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a, bl blamble, from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speak. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when if rose the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. 
but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great god bless the reading of his word amen And yes, thank you very much. You've been listening to the voice of our dear sister, Runke Akins, who has just read Luke chapter 6 for day 6 of Luke, a December challenge 2022. Thank you so very much. God bless you really good. Now let's reflect on the treasures that we have found in Luke chapter 6. There are many more. We have five uh, today on our list, but if you have identified more, do share with us on WhatsApp. Just stop the WhatsApp widget on the bottom right-hand corner of, of, of our page or just use the comment section below and let us know the other treasures that you have found in Luke chapter 6. Let, let's begin. Uh, the first treasure we have found is this. Man-made religious laws are often meaningful, but they must never stop us from responding with kindness, justice, and mercy. Did you hear that? Man-made religious laws, they are often meaningful, but they must never stop us from responding with kindness, justice, and mercy. And indeed, Luke chapter 6 opens with two illustrations, two accounts of how the Pharisees in the day of Jesus tried uh, to hide under the law to prevent Jesus from doing good. From doing good, uh, just as the disciples were passing through the fields, obviously the disciples hungry, they uh, they were entitled to take uh, uh, to, to take from the green fields and eat, and they did eat. But then the Pharisees want the Pharisees confronted confronted uh, Jesus, said, "Why are you doing this? Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on Sabbath to get fed?" On the Sabbath, uh, they consider that unlawful. What is more, when Jesus uh, came. Uh, to meet with that man, with the man with the withered, <coughs> pardon me, the man with the withered hand. He said to him, why are you going to do that on a Sabbath day? Are you going to heal him on a Sabbath day? So to do good was even considered uh, an unlawful thing to do on a Sabbath. But we, but we have to move beyond uh, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and, and look at it from even a wider perspective. Religious laws, man-made laws, man-made religious laws. They are not often bad. In fact, they are often meaningful. They're often meaningful, but they must never stop us from responding with kindness, with justice, and mercy. Man-made laws, no matter how meaningful, no, no matter how well-intentioned, must never stop us from doing the will of God in particular cases, from doing the will of God in particular cases. And in the ultimate sense, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? Is it not uh, distilled into those two commandments to love God with all of one's heart and mind and soul and to love one's neighbor as oneself? That is the will of God. So any man-made law that stops you from doing that, from loving God or from showing love to fellow man, in any particular instance, you should feel free to, to, to disregard such law, no matter how well-intentioned, no matter how how meaningful you see we must all get to the place where we say yes i know what is right no i know this is the right thing to do but the law prevents me from doing so 
we should never get to that place where we ever say, yes, I know this is the right thing to do. Yes, I know this person needs my help. Yes, I know uh, I should do this for him or for her. But you see, there is the law. Uh, there is the rule in our church. Uh, there is the regulation here that says I should not do so. A Christian must never, must never get there. Even in, in law, in law, we, we, we quote uh, Lord Etkin. Lord Etkin uh, was... An English judge in, in, in a 1941 case, he said something uh, that many lawyers refer to over and over again. Whenever anybody tries to hide under the law to prevent the doing of justice, uh, we go back to Lord Aitken in a 1941 case. This is what he said. When these ghosts of the past stand in the path of justice, clanking their medieval chains, the proper cause for the judge to do is to pass through them undeterred. The proper cause for the judge is to pass through them undeterred. Meaning that when you have ancient rules and laws standing in the path of justice, a judge should disregard them and pass through them undeterred. And in the same way, uh, we find our Lord saying, look, all these man-made laws, all these man-made laws, uh, they, some of them may even be meaningful, but they must never stop us from responding with kindness, with justice and mercy in individual cases. I remember the parable of the Good Samaritan. We do not know uh, where that priest was, was hurrying through, uh, was hurrying to, rather, we don't know where he was hurrying to, but uh, he, he, he considered himself obliged in some way by law, and he considered that obligation more important than helping the man who, who, was, who, who perhaps would have bled to death. Nothing must stop us. No man-made law must stop us from responding with kindness, justice, and mercy. And you see, even the even in the case of Titan, our Lord in Matthew twenty-three twenty-three said to the to uh, to the to the people of his day, he said, "Look, you you scribes and Pharisees, woe to you! You are all hypocrites. Why you you go to extreme length to ensure that you pay a tithe of everything." Even your mint and deal and cumin, you go to extreme length to ensure that you pay, uh, you determine what is the tithe and you pay it. But you disregard weightier matters, weightier matters, things that are more important, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So this is, our, this is the first treasure we are, we are identifying today. Man-made religious laws are often meaningful, but they must never stop us from responding with kindness and justice and mercy in individual cases and of course uh, the next the next treasure we have found in luke chapter 6 is this god knows what you are thinking god knows what you are thinking god knows what's in your heart now this may appear as basic as anything but you see i always tell people this is the foundation to relationship with god and this is the reason why you see nobody can come to god and say well i'm going to posture like this i'm going to present myself like this and then god will hear me or i'm going to do this and then god will say i've done it and then he will bless me no you see it looks not at what you do although it matters it looks not at what you say although it matters but see it looks into your heart it reads your heart and my my favorite expression is to say that it reads your heart like like an open book like an open book of course when uh, the Jesus met with that man with the withered hand in the synagogue. Verse 8 says, But he knew their thoughts. Because even without speaking, the scribes and Pharisees, they were waiting by the sides 
to see whether Jesus would heal that man on a Sabbath day and to be able to accuse him thereafter of walking on the Sabbath. But we have this short statement from Luke 6, 8. But he knew their thoughts. But he knew their thoughts. He knew their thoughts. The Lord knows your thoughts. And that is why you can never be coy before God. Hypocrisy is a complete waste of your time and energy before God. You have to appear before him as who you are. Appear before God as who you are. From John 2.25, we read that he did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. That is the testimony of John about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that is true. Uh, the new living translation of John 2.25 says, No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. The Lord knows what is in your heart, or that you will always appear as who you are before him, or that you will share the toga of hypocrisy, or that you will not be coy with him, or that you will know that it is useless to pretend before him. And of course, I always love this passage from First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, where uh, David was speaking to his son Solomon when David was, was about to, 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 to die and he was training Solomon uh, to follow in his footsteps. I love, I love this part of the Bible because uh, I mean, it says everything in 1 Chronicles 28:9 from the New King James Version. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. I mean, that's as, as absolute as it comes. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. So he searches your heart, he understands your intentions, and they matter to him. They matter to him. They matter to him. They matter to him. Your heart and the intent, the your, your intentions, they matter. They matter to him. And that is why, you see, God deals with us in different ways. Because perhaps the same thing that you did, Mr. A also did, but God deals with Mr. A differently. Why? Because the Lord knows the intent, the intent of, of, of the heart. He searches all heart and understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. That's from King James, King James Bible. He understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. So, I uh, shared the toga of hypocrisy. Don't even dare. Don't even dare go before him uh, being coy, having something else at the back of your mind and telling him something else. You are wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Uh, the people that he loves are the people who, who goes to him, who opens up to him, who tells him, look, my Lord, this is my real intention. This is really what I want to achieve. Uh, if I'm wrong, correct me and, and lead me aright. But don't don't make the uh, the mistake of going before him, being coy, hiding your true intentions and saying uh, something other than what you mean. So uh, the first treasure this morning, uh, this morning, no, today, the first treasure from Luke chapter 6 is this. Man-made religious laws are often meaningful, but they must never stop us from responding with kindness, justice, and mercy. Second treasure, he knows what is in your heart. He knows what is in your heart. Don't be coy with him. Share the toga of hypocrisy. And number three, the third treasure from Luke chapter 6. This is it. Don't do it until you have prayed about it. 
Don't do it until you are prayed about it. And, and we see this from, from verse 12 of Luke chapter 6. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Now he did this just before what? Just this, this is verse 12. And then go to verse 13. Verse 13, we read that. And when it was day, that is after he had prayed all night, when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. Our Lord was about to choose the apostles, the twelve whom we now popularly call the twelve disciples. Was about to choose the twelve, and, and what did he do? He spent the night before in prayer. We're talking about him, who is God, but because while he was here, he was both fully God and fully man. He knew that he needed the direction of God, the wisdom of God, the Holy Spirit in his, being, I mean, uh, in, his, in his human capacity. He needed the Holy Spirit and the, uh, and the leadership of God to make the right choice. And more than that, it was setting an example for you and for me. Don't do it. Don't make that decision. Don't embark on that journey. Don't start that project. Don't take that next step until you have prayed about it. Our Lord has set the example for us. Verse 12, he prayed and continued in prayer all night. And then when it was day, he chose the 12. And who did he choose? Did he choose the, the best of the best in the society? You see, after praying, he chose a right. He chose a right. He did not choose as human beings would choose. And this reminds me of Isaiah, Isaiah 11.3. Isaiah 11.3, New King James Version. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall judge, and he shall not judge by the sight of the eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Again, his delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of, of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. And that is what you should aspire to as well. As well. Do, not, do not make decisions by what you see. Don't walk by sight. Walk by faith. And walking by faith calls for communion with God in prayer. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. Isaiah 11.3. I mean, if our Lord, uh, being human, in his human capacity, wanted to choose disciples uh, by human wisdom, he would have been looking for the rich. He would have been looking for the very learned. He would have been looking for the very influential. I mean, think about it today. Somebody wanting to build uh, a church that would be influential, that would go to all the world. The person will be looking for those who are rich, those who can fund the project. They'll be looking for the rich people, uh, those who can bring dollars, who can bring millions of naira uh, and, and so into the ministry. They'll be looking for people who are well-read, who will be able to preach uh, engaging sermons, who articulate. They'll be looking for people like that. They'll be looking for influencers on, on social media, people who will be able to be able to uh, share content on Instagram, on Twitter, and gain traction and make all the programs of the church go viral. That's what they'll be looking for. But our Lord, He chose those listed in verses 14 and 15 and 16, the most ordinary of the ordinary people of that day. The most ordinary of them all. He chose them, He made them the disciples. And what do we have today? What do today? Those ordinary people, those ordinary people started what has now become, what has now become uh, the, the, 
the the religion of the world, what has now become the largest religion in the world. The name of the Lord is proclaimed virtually everywhere in the world. And it started with those ordinary people that our Lord chose after he devoted himself to prayer all night. After he devoted himself to prayer all night. Don't do it until you have prayed about it. Don't do it until you have prayed about it. And the fourth treasure from Luke chapter 6 is this. You should be wary of whatever or whoever unbelievers are celebrating. You should be wary of whatever unbelievers are celebrating. You should be wary of whoever unbelievers are celebrating. If unbelievers are celebrating certain people or certain things, you should be wary. You should think twice before joining them in celebrating in celebrating them. And of course, another way to put this is to be reminded that you have been called to a strange kingdom. I've been, I'm searching for the right word to put it. Uh, at some point, I wanted to put it this way. It's a kingdom of oddities. Oddities. Odd. Odd things. A kingdom of odd things. That's, what, that's where you are. You have been called to a kingdom of odd things. You are going to be odd in the society. And you only need to look at Luke's presentation of the Sermon on the Mount to understand this. This is our Lord. Our Lord preached, saying that, yes, if you are poor in the spirit, that is good. If you are hungry now, that is good. If you are weeping now, that is good. If men hate you today in the culture, that is good. If men are excluding you, they revile you because of Jesus Christ. They say, oh, because you believe in this thing, in the Bible, and not that, we don't want you here. If they exclude you, then that is good. And then he said, if you are rich, it's dangerous. If you are full, it's dangerous. If you are laughing and happy now, it's dangerous. If all men speak well of you, it's dangerous. That's what Allah said. Not, and, and I'm using danger, but Allah said, what to you? What to you? It's dangerous. You are treading on, 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 on dangerous ground. It's a path of destruction. But you see, is that not odd? Is that not odd? I mean, look around today. Who does not want to be celebrated? Who does not want to be rich? Who does not want to be well-fed? We does not want to be well spoken of by everybody, but by everybody, our Lord uh, was talking about the world, about unbelievers. When unbelievers are speaking well about someone and they say, yeah, this, that is the man, that is where to go, that is the man, that is the man, that is the woman, that is where to go. You should be wary. The believer should be wary. The, the, the believer should pause and ask himself, ask herself, uh, is, this, is this something worthy of celebration by someone who knows the will of God? Is this person, uh, should I follow this person, given that I know the will of God? I think in, 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 in a nutshell, Jesus was reminding his hearers, as indeed he reminds you and me today, that we have been called to an odd kingdom, a kingdom where the rules are different from the rules that apply to people of the world. Of course, 2 Peter 2.9 you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. God's special possession. A new living transition, but you are not like that. That's what Peter wrote. And, and, and something went before. He said, well, you are not like them. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest. You are a royal priest. You are a holy nation. People set apart. God's very own possession. You are, you are, you are peculiar. Some other versions say you are peculiar from, from King James. A peculiar people. Special. Odd. Odd. 
you're not going to be like them. You're not going to celebrate the things they celebrate. You're not going to celebrate the people they sell the people they celebrate. In fact, and because you are not going to celebrate the things they celebrate, because you're not going to celebrate the people they celebrate, then they are going to exclude you. They are going to revile you. They are going to cast you out of certain of certain certain communities, cast you out of certain societies, and for the sake of Jesus Christ. And you say, uh, when that happens to you, you should hear, you should wear it with with honor. You wear it with pride. You wear it with pride. You should be wary of whatever unbelievers are celebrating. You should be wary of whoever unbelievers are celebrating. I don't want to go into politics, but you can just look around. Look around the culture all over the world. Uh, The people that are put out by the media as the the good people of the world. You only need to dig deeper to find that these are people who do not stand for anything godly. And the final treasure, the fifth one, from Luke chapter 6, from us here in the studio is this. A Christian should preach more to himself than to others. A Christian should preach more to himself than to others. That's what a Christian should do. You should preach more to yourself than to others. If I have to preach, I should preach first to myself. Uh, before preaching to others, I should be more concerned about my own spiritual well-being than uh, to be concerned about the spiritual well-being of others. I should be more concerned about, about my own faults about about making right my own faults, about asking for the Holy Spirit's aid to make right my own fault that I am with with pointing out the faults of others. Because at the end of the day, you cannot even make right the faults of others. What you can only do is to point it out. And our Lord here, very clearly, uh, towards the end of that sermon recorded in Luke chapter 6, made that point very clearly that, you see, you have to have removed the plank in your own eyes before you can even try to remove the speck in your brother's eye. So this is a reminder to you and to me. Christian, the Christian should preach more to himself. The Christian should engage more in self-reflection, in self-examination before pointing out the faults in others. And you see, we tend, I mean, we are, we are perfect at that. We are perfect at that. We are perfect at looking around and say, see, see him, see us, see them, see what they're doing. But when it comes to Self, self-reflection, self-examination, not many of us, not many of us engage in that. And we should, we should. I love the prayer of the psalmist in Psalm 139 verse 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concern. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think a Christian should have moments like that, not occasionally, but at all times, at all times, a moment of contemplation, of self-reflection, where you say, Lord, uh, speak to me, show me what I'm doing wrong, and the ones that you already know, confess them and ask for help to remedy them, to remedy them. It is only then that you can then be clear-eyed enough and then acceptable enough uh, to then point out the fault in order. But you know what? Because you, you will always be a work in progress until the very end. You'll find that if you do enough self-reflection, you have uh, you have uh, little or no time to go about pointing out the fault in order. It is not that we're not going to evangelize. Our duty is just to go to the world and, and point them to Jesus Christ. Call them to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we should also be aware 
of wrong things going on in the culture, but we should not be like the devil always pointing out the faults of people and say, see, 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 you, see, 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 see. No, look at yourself uh, and let the Holy Spirit work in you to make you perfect and acceptable before God and then call others with love, with love, with patience uh, to the saving grace of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for joining us today for day six of Luke December Challenge 2022 on Gospel Best Radio. Thank you very much to our dear sister Ronke Akins for reading Luke chapter six. If you want to read any of the chapters in the Gospel account of St. Luke, please do reach out to us. I think we have many of the chapters assigned up to Luke 12 now. So if you want to read any of the chapters after Luke 12, uh, please do do reach out to us. I'll be glad to schedule you to read any of those chapters. If you want to discuss any of the treasures that we have identified today, or you want to add uh, more treasures from Luke chapter six, please do reach out to us as well. Have a fantastic night. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow at 9 p.m. for day seven of Luke December Challenge 2022 by the grace of God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Really good. Gospelbellsradio.com is a community of believers learning together, praying together, bearing one another's burdens, and engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. To listen to live programs, tune in to www.gospelbellsradio.com. God bless you. Hello friends, my name is Bemini and I love listening to gospelbellsradio.com.